is Jazz Shapers with Elliot Moss on Jazz FM. Listen in colour. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. What a day this has been. What a rare mood I'm in. Why, it's almost like being in love There's a smile on my face For the whole human race The big band sound of Nat King Cole with Almost Like Being In Love. Good morning, this is Jazz Shapers. I'm Elliot Moss. Thank you very much for joining me. Jazz Shapers is where you can hear the very best of the people shaping the world of jazz, blues and soul. And what we do here on Jazz Shapers is we put someone who's shaping the world of business right alongside them. We call them business shapers my business shaper today is david duke and he's the founder and ceo of street soccer and he's gone done some other things too which you're going to be hearing about a, a new center he's open he is um an entrepreneur with a difference because his is a social enterprise and you'll be hearing all about this remarkable man's history and where he's taken it and what he's doing now in addition to hearing from David, you'll also be hearing from our programme partners at Mishkondorea. Some words of advice for your business. And on top of that, if that isn't enough, you'll also be getting some brilliant music from the shapers of jazz, blues and soul. Mose Allison is in there, Etta James is too, and so is this one from Melody Gardo. That was Melody Gardot with Amalia, and nice it was too. We haven't played much Melody Gardot. Maybe we'll play more uh, here on Chess Shapers. David Duke's my business shaper here today, as I said earlier, founder and CEO of Street Soccer, and um, also the founder of the thing called the Change Centre, and that was only last year, so the most recent addition to the Duke Empire. <laughs> Tell me about this uh, Duke... Thank you, firstly, for joining me. Tell me about this Duke Empire. Where did the beginnings of this actually start David uh, and then tell me a little bit about what street soccer is and why it happened that way yeah, so so kind of to put it into context street soccer Scotland uses football to engage with people who are kind of kind of cut off from society coming through homelessness mental health addiction problems or maybe working with refugee communities but actually the reason behind it all was from my own personal experience so 2001 I was a young guy living in Glasgow and after the death of my father, things started to, my life started to spiral out of control uh, to the point where I'd lost my job. I was, I was kind of grieving through after the death of my my father and I never, never knew what to do, never knew where to go. Um, how, old, how old were you at that time? So, so I was 21. Okay. Um, and basically I kind of shut down, you know, and I kind of, as I say, I went into this kind of, downward spiral which led to me losing most things in my life which included my home because because I was dealing with the, the emotion and the stress and the, the trauma of things that had happened um, I turned to alcohol, I turned to going out every night and not turning up for work so I lost my job, when you don't have a job you struggle to pay your, your rent so I lost my house and before I knew it I was, I was homeless on the streets of Glasgow um, and and that lasted for about three years. Um, so you can imagine the kind of uh, the state I was in. But t- t- by the end of that period, from starting off with some some kind of 
incidences of, of rough sleeping and then going into kind of very kind of dangerous hostel environments in the city centre of Glasgow, which were kind of like 80, 90 beds, no support, just, just a room, left to your own devices, you know, and and I was kind of trapped in this kind of world where all my life chances were diminishing, my confidence was broken, you know, I didn't have any self-esteem or nothing, I never had any hope, basically. I was just in existence, you know, mm. and I'd wake up not knowing what the day was going to bring. Um, and that can be a really unsettling time, especially for a young person mm. in, uh, in that, you know. And what was the trigger after the three years or so that that that, that, that stopped the cycle? Because I just want to understand that briefly. We're going to come yeah. back to it. But just help me, because it always... I, I look at that and what you've just, you know, you've just described is by anyone's stretch imagination really hard I mean awful the thing you don't want your kid to ever have to go through or your friend or anything and yet you've been in it how do you break that cycle that's the thing I'm really interested in for a moment so for me it was um, I moved to a kind of supported accommodation which was almost like a a bit your own kind of bed sit type thing which was part of a a block of 32 which was run by a charity (coughs) in Scotland Um, and when I was in there I was still homeless, obviously, but the I started getting involved in activities, so football. I, I got involved in a football tournament down at, in Glasgow Green, 16 kind of homeless projects all playing football, and then um, got selected to go and represent Scotland at the Homeless World Cup as part of that. But when you, when you look back on how, how did you break the cycle, I think it was all the research that we've done over the years and, and all the experience that I've gained by working with people who are coming through homelessness and so on and obviously experiencing it myself all the evidence points to the three things that everyone needs which is security, which is a roof over your head purpose having somewhere to be, something to do something meaningful and relationships, which aren't paid for relationships so not a support worker, but real relationships that you can nurture and you can grow and if yourself, if you look at your own life and say, right, what would happen, and the listeners as well, what would happen if I removed one of those elements, if I removed the security, I lost my home or I removed my purpose whether you lose your job or your your kind of role in life, or your relationships, or you you slap your wife or you suddenly don't have any friends if you lost any one of those things things would quickly unravel for you, whether it be mental health, addiction and so on, how you feel about yourself so if you can imagine being on the streets where you don't have any of those you know, so f- so for me it was, I was lucky that I found those three things, I never knew it at the time, mm. it's not till I look back and reflect but that's what worked for me. Brilliant and we're going to hold it right there um, uh, on that poignant moment because I think you said it brilliantly security purpose relationships it's it's definitely food for thought uh stay with me for much more from david duke my business shaper we're going to find out about street soccer and how um he has created something which is helping people um who are probably exactly in his position or very similarly um challenged time for some more music this is roy Ayers and everybody loves the sunshine
That was Roy Ayers with Everybody Loves the Sunshine. David Duke's my business shape today, founder, CEO of Street Soccer. And David, we were hearing about how you ended up being homeless and the world was not a great place for you. And, and, you, and then I asked that question around, well, so what's the pivot? What's the moment when things get better? And those three big fundamentals, as you said, security, purpose, relationships. So you're in that place. You come out of that place. Soccer is a catalyst. You, you end up playing football for Scotland in the um, the homeless, I think it's called the Homeless World Cup. Yeah. And then what makes you decide to do something? Because it's one thing recovering yourself and, and being selfish in a good way. In other words, getting your own life back together again and having those three things. You then, year over years, have decided to go and create something which helps other people. I find that the most interesting thing because not everyone can, can do that, has the capability yeah, yeah. or wants to. Was it therapeutic for you to then go and do something? <coughs> Is that how it's worked? Well, uh, you know what? Uh, I mean, I look back, I never really kind of thought about it much, you know, I kind of never really reflected on why I was doing it, it just felt like the right thing to do, you know, so so when I came out of homeless and I got my own house, I, I, I trained to be a, a trained in community work, so I was a qualifications to be a community worker, so I found myself working during the day with people who were homeless for like the Big Issue Foundation, and then in the evenings I was coaching kids football and doing youth work, and that lasted a couple of years, and and it just made sense to kind of bring it all together. You know, because I experienced the the homeless World Cup and went to play and all that, and the football element had a really big impact. But in Scotland, every day there's someone needing support. You know, there's thirty six thousand homeless applications in Scotland, and the the large kind of demi the big part of the demographic of homelessness in Scotland is young men. You know, and and football something that people can connect to. They've maybe watched it at some point or played it at some point. Um, and I just felt that with my experience, my life experience, um, and some of the skills that I'd picked up over the years, it made sense just to create something which allowed other people to get the experience that I got, i.e. having somewhere to be, somewhere somewhere to meet new people, and somewhere to release stuff. Yeah, you know? relax, because it's relax. fun, isn't it? You play sport, if it's yeah. if it's soccer or whatever it might be, football, yeah. it doesn't really matter as long as it, and it makes you feel good. Yeah. And so back in 2009, you set this thing up. Where did the funding come from in the early days? Because you now yeah. employ 20 people. This yeah. isn't money. Money doesn't grow on trees. Where's yeah. it Where's it come from? So so in the start, I kind of quit my job um, in Glasgow and I moved to Edinburgh um, because I wanted it to be a national organisation. And I Edinburgh being the capital city, but also I never really knew the landscape in Edinburgh. Um, so I got £3,000 startup funding from a startup agency in, in Edinburgh. Uh, I continued to kind of work part time on a Wednesday and a Saturday um, and kind of just went from there, you know, bought, bought footballs, bought equipment, bought a laptop, and then really started chapping doors, you know, and getting getting people involved and going around all the day centres, agencies, rehabilitation centres, doctor surgeries, mental health agencies, and just saying, look, gave them a wee bit about my story and, and tried to use that as inspiration to get more people to come and play. And before we knew it, it was getting busier and busier and it came to the point where I had to think about how, like, in a growth strategy, you know, because it was, it was honestly, it was too much for me. Um, so I, I basically took six of the players who were currently attending and I put them through like a like academy programme where they'd go to college one day a week they'd do their coaching badges and then they'd volunteer with the Big Issue magazine and that kind of gave them some structure and skills to a point where they, they started gaining their own leadership so they started delivering the sessions locally which allowed me to focus on 
a marketing strategy, a, a business case, uh, try to engage with governments and, and corporate funders and corporate backers so we could start building it, you know, and that's what we did, you know. Sir Alex Ferguson came on board uh, as an ambassador, which obviously increased our profile. Um, but yeah, just building relationships, mostly in the corporate sector, to be honest, you know, because we creating change is a team effort, you know. You can't just rely on charities or charitable trusts or local authorities. It, the, the business community has a massive part to, to play and, and, and lots of skills to contribute, and that, that's where I focused my time in the, in the early days. Stay with me to find out what happened next with David Duke, my business shaper as CEO and founder of um, Street Soccer. Ladies, travelling a couple of minutes, and before that, some words of wisdom, I hope, for your burgeoning business from our programme partners at Michigan Durea. Hi, I'm Greg Campbell. I'm a partner in the employment department at Mishkondorea. I've been practicing in employment law for 20 years. At Mishkondorea, one of the interesting things we do is we act both for senior executives and for corporate employers. So we do get to see both sides of the debate. A lot of my clients are starting up in business and the questions they ask are, well, what should I be thinking about when I hire new staff? What I would say is the important thing is write down a contract of employment. It doesn't matter that you haven't written one down. There is a contract of employment in existence the moment you hire somebody. By writing it down, you make it clear what each party's expectations are and you minimise the risk of any disputes in the future. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. Named Law Firm of the Year at the Legal Business Awards and the Lawyer Awards 2017. You're listening to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss. Every Saturday I get to meet someone who's doing something fantastic, creating change, uh, shaping the world of business. Today, slightly different in my business shaper, is someone who is it is in the world of business. We're going to come on to that in a moment, David. But actually, David Duke is the founder of a social enterprise. So it's uh, imperative is not the profit one. It's imperative is how do you provide hope and opportunity for people, uh, especially people who have been homeless. Um, how do you help them move away from that? Uh, David, you were talking about the early days where you literally, yeah. it sounded like you did pound the streets. You went to all the different agencies that would be connected to people issues of mental health. You raised mm-hmm. some money. Um, that tenacity and that sense of purpose that you created, now here we are, we are, 2017, do you still feel that every day? Do you still feel that same drive that got you going back then? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think when I look at society just now and, and I look at my own areas in Glasgow and Edinburgh, I still see real inequality and real injustice. And I think for me, it would be a shame for me to hide my experiences, you know, because actually what I'm, I'm representing people who out there who don't have a voice and often are kind of just left. There's a term people use, oh, we work with hard to reach. I call it easy to forget, you know, and I think for me it's about trying to influence change, not only on, on the ground, but at, at, in governments and, and local authorities and, 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 and changing how people see homelessness and change how people address homelessness. Because one of the biggest challenges we see, or I, I see certainly, is stigma, you know, and the whole public perception of, of homelessness and where it comes from and, and what it means. And it, it's some people look at homelessness as a problem, but I, I'm looking at these guys and lasses on the street thinking if only you had the opportunity you know because actually I'm, I'm seeing talent, I'm seeing bus drivers I'm seeing uh, doctors and 
and jazz musicians and you know and it's about how do we reduce the stigma around homelessness so that people don't feel ashamed by their situation to the point where it almost keeps them there um, but it's hard, isn't it? Because for, for someone who's not involved in helping directly, and I'm putting myself in that category, I live in London, yeah. and I see a lot more homelessness now yeah. uh, in my 40s and I saw in my 30s and my 20s. Yeah. And it's hard to know how you help because you yeah. go, what what do I do with this, this human being in front of me who's obviously in a terrible situation do I yeah. give money do I ha- I mean I've yeah. personally tried to yeah. do stuff and I failed miserably in the sense that I've taken telephone numbers and I've <coughs> so there's a lack of knowledge yeah. also I think of the general population beyond giving to a charity or finding a David Duke out there what 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 does one do yeah and that's that's a question I get asked quite a lot actually is it, um, when I'm speaking to people and and my my advice to anyone is always just to it's not always just about handing over cash, you know. It's actually just taking the time out to say hello, how are you? Because actually, research that we've done in the past, when when we've asked people who are experiencing homelessness, what does moving on look like? And when they and we write when they, they write it down, it's about relationships. It's about feeling part of the community. It's about uh, having some purpose in life and something positive to do each day. That's what they see moving on as. Hmm. You know, so for me, if somebody wants to make a difference, just go and chat and, and say hello. Stay with me for more from my inspirational business shaper today. That's David Duke. Time for some more music. This is Etta James, and I just want to make love to you. <laughs> That was Etta James with I Just Want to Make Love to You. David Duke is my business shaper today, founder and CEO of Street Soccer Scotland. And David, you were earlier talking about how you went about getting the business community involved. And everyone now talks about this big word collaboration and it's a world of sharing economy and all this other stuff. It's obviously, it was just common sense to you that those in business people, firstly, Mm -hmm. money, secondly, skills, all those things... Has that been critical to the success of your of your endeavour? Yeah, very much so. Um, often in the kind of the third sector and the charity sectors in social enterprise, uh, the first thing that people assume corporate involvement with is sitting on boards like a lawyer or an accountant and stuff like that. But actually, there's so much more in there to offer. You know, there's some real talented people, young people, older people with great experience. Um, so, so I kind of focused that. So we, we built partnerships with um, Bernice Paul and Royal Bank of Scotland um, to engage with their staff to say, right, OK, if you if we were doing a, a fundraising campaign, then you can kind of engage with the people there. If we were working on a particular project where we needed a particular set of skills, we could access those skills rather than having to hire someone. We could actually access it in, in the workplace from some of the corporate partners. But it's but it's but it's a win win situation as well, you know, because actually for us we are very visible mm-hmm. in terms of we've got thousands of players, we we quite good press coverage and so on and, and we're known as a kind of strong community organisation. So actually for for brands and, and business to, to be associated with that, there's real value for them, you know, and I think I always say to, to businesses it's it's really important that you can allow your staff to, to engage with something. 
that they they, they get purpose from, mm. whether it's ch charities in Africa or or fundraising campaigns and so on. I think it's really important for for the workplace for for people to have that opportunity to go out and do good. I imagine that the accolades that you've received over the years and that the organisations received are only important to you because they help raise the profile which then helps you raise more funds and, and do better yeah. work but I just want to touch on it I mean you were the legacy partner your organization legacy partner for the Glasgow 2014 Commonwealth Games you were there at the opening ceremony with Sir Chris Hoy who I've stood next to in a, in a queue and I've never seen thighs like it yeah I mean extraordinary thighs that we had tight I mean seriously they were bigger than I, I mean I've never seen anything so extraordinary my wife was the same was like wow those are proper thighs James McAvoy I, I digress um, and also you're involved with UNICEF I mean mm -hmm. and you've been I think you were the a change maker back in 2012 you've been named a CNN hero in 2016 I mean wow have you not got a big head after, uh, after well, from where you came from in in that sense do you not think the boy done well um, no I mean I think I think we can always do better you know I think I've always been like that I mean I've, you don't really get time to sit and say oh I've done well it's, it's not me you know it, it doesn't suit me it doesn't it's not me at all and I try to make sure the organisation's not like that as well you know that we don't glow or I think we're better than we are you know there's um, there's enough people talking we like to just kind of just go out and try and do you know and do good and stuff like that and I've I done an interview recently for a, a, a newspaper in, in, in Scotland and it was They'd ask me what's been your proudest thing, you know, and actually, the, the proudest thing for me is probably like being able to make your mum proud, you know, because I went through difficult times after my father passed away, and I lived a life of chaos, and uh, it was unsafe, and it must have been troubling for my mother mm -hmm. at the time. Uh, but actually, just to be able to make her proud because I'd managed to turn it around and, and do something, that's the biggest achievement anyone can ask for. And when, I, when we, you, you mentioned personal success or the organisation success, our success is measured by our players who move on. So, success is going. I, I, I had a guy who was standing on a bridge to go into full time employment and get access to his kid again. So, that's the, the that success. Mm. Um, so that's how we measure it. When we when we hear stories of players kind of showing courage just to turn up for football or to, to do a training course or to take that job or that success, all the other stuff is just, yes, it's good for funders and it's good for, it, it might look good, but the real stuff happens on the pitch and that's how I personally measure success. Stay with me for a final chat today with David, plus we'll be playing a track from Jason Moran. That's after the latest Traffic and Travel here on Jazz FM. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. That was Jason Moran with Honeysuckle Rose. David Duke is my business shaper. Just for a few more minutes, we've been talking about his endeavour, Street Soccer Scotland. Um, you're obviously a humble guy because I, 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 I think that success and humility are, are very comfortable bedfellows and anyone that says they've made it hasn't made it, I, I guess. And I've had that experience at least talking to people on this programme. Going forward, David, what are your ambitions for 
as you said, the people that you're actually impacting. I know, it's, it, but, but through the lens of what you're trying to do now, are you going to? This is going to be a lifelong purpose for you. I can see. I'm guessing. But how else do you keep making it better? Well, I think from street soccer's perspective, it's about. It's not about growth. It's about just doing things a bit better and sharing. It's sharing what we've learned so that other organisations and other individuals can go away and maybe replicate some of the things that work in terms of changing lives. Uh, so just for example, we're on a project in Barcelona just now where they're setting up a, a similar project to us and we're just providing mentorship and support to that. In terms of from a personal perspective, I mean, poverty is something that, I, that I'm passionate about kind of alleviating. You know, I'm not a millionaire or anything like that, but I think if we, if you can take a, a kind of business mind approach to tackling the effects of poverty and, and doing things a bit differently, I think you can make a difference. And I think street soccer um, has got a great team of people who are constantly doing good every day and trying to be better. We all have that. We have a kind of one of our values is punching above your weight, you know. So it's um, and then looking at what what else can we get involved in and taking the create change you know and make make people's lives a wee bit better so that could be around homelessness it could be around child poverty because uh, I, I very much grew up in child poverty as well so I've got a real kind of just, just to make the world a wee bit better for people who, who don't have the same chances as others you know and make mm. sure that everybody has a voice regardless of your, your social economic background you know um, and then we've got the change centre which is a, a new kind of Innovation piece around um, supporting people going through homelessness by providing purpose and relationships, but around volunteering and, and, and engaging in the wider community. So it's not us and them, it's not the homeless and, and us, you know, where people are people, regardless of your, if you get mental health or you're homeless, you know, people are people. And, and we need to remember that. David, thank you for spending some time with me. I really appreciate it. Good luck with everything. Um, thank you. And I hope you continue to get the support that you need to enable other people to, as, as you said, change their lives. Mm-hmm. Just before I let you go, before yep. you zip off, mm-hmm. um, what's your song choice and why have you chosen it? So, this is where it gets a bit technical. So, uh, my song <laughs> choice is No Other Way by a fellow Scott, Paolo Nettini. Um, who's not really known to be like a, a jazz musician, but I think you can definitely feel a bit of jazz and soul in this song, and it's only right that I promote anything Scottish while I'm on. <laughs> Here he is, just for you. Thank you, David. That was no other way from Paolo Nettini, the song choice of my business shaper today, David Duke. He mapped out the issue with homelessness brilliantly, security, purpose, relationships, those three things being absolutely critical to getting one's life back on track. He talked about the most important thing from his perspective about making his mum proud, especially because he himself had struggled um, uh, and been homeless. And finally, his advice to all of us, um, what do we do when we meet a homeless person? Well, we talk to them 
um, and we treat them like another person. We remember that they are people. I think it's all really simple stuff, but he has done something really special with that simple stuff. Do join me again, same time, same place. That's next Saturday, 9am, for another edition of Jazz Shapers. Meanwhile, stay with us. Coming up next here on Jazz FM, it's Nigel Williams. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. Named Law Firm of the Year at the Legal Business Awards and the Lawyer Awards 2017.